Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ben and this episode of the Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Podcast is part one of a two-part After Dark series. We recorded at the always amazing Kangaroo Valley Craft Beer and Barbecue Festival. Here in part one, we're chatting with Matt Harris from Shire Smokers Barbecue and James Wilson from Smokeface Grillers, two of the most seasoned barbecue competitors in Australia. Now go get your pens and papers ready as these guys share some seriously tasty tips and tricks. So we're here at uh, the wonderful Kangaroo Valley. We've got James from uh, Smokeface Grillers and Matt from Shire Smokers Barbecue. If uh, particularly that, that last name sounds familiar, it's because Matt was actually in the last podcast episode that we recorded here at Kangaroo Valley. So gentlemen, we've had two years off. It's been three years since we were last here. Your first year here, James. Mm-hmm. How good is it to be here at Kangaroo Valley? Amazing. It's probably the only competition I haven't been at, so really excited to to be here in such a great location and yeah there's a lot of prestige that comes with this competition which i'm excited for there's a, a, a it's got a big reputation definitely has th- th- this particular competition mate i'm i'm pumped to be back and it's really nice to hear from uh from an esteemed competitor like james and his team smokeface to talk about this competition in high esteem man like it's it's one of my favorites if there's one i won't miss it's this one and you know, after Meatstock, it's the longest running New South Wales comp, you know. So it's a, for me, it's a big deal. And I, I think and I hope that we all get behind this and keep it going, you know. Well, we don't want it to slip away like Bangalore did. Did, did either of you guys make it up to Bangalore? No. On no, the I New was, South Wales-Queensland border just outside of Byron Bay? That was very early days, yeah. I, I was too busy getting married and... Um, Getting married (laughs) (laughs) and all the costs and stuff that goes with that. How about you, James? No, didn't get to that one. Yeah. So when was your your first comp with – because, Smoke, you were saying earlier, we were speaking earlier, um, your first comp was after Smokeface started. Tell us a little bit about yours. Uh, So I think like most people, I found the ABA because of my love of meat and and barbecue and – Started talking to quite a few people there and over six months, six to 12 months, I got to know a few people and I think Tony was kind of my entry. Tony G was my entry to barbecue. The Tony G. Mm -hmm. I wish he played saxophone. (laughs) It's definitely a saxophone now, mate. 100%, 100%. And we started talking and I started talking about buying a pit and uh, he directed me towards a radar hill, but then I quickly wanted to know more about competition barbecue and he said, man, if you're going to go competition barbecue, you have to be a judge first. So I, I judged at the uh, Beer and Cider Festival in Melbourne, in Melbourne at Flemington Racecourse. Yep. And that was my first entry into the That was Yaks, wasn't it? Was that a Yaks? It was a Yaks, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. What, were you, what were you think? And what year was that? 20 Roughly? Yaks. I, I, I think Yaks wound up in 2018. Well, that, so that was a KCBS it, it one. Must have been, yeah. It was the second... One of that. So second Was that the one where the yak's head went missing? Correct. Did you take it? Did not take it. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot that came Someone's up Someone's got it, eh? Someone's got it in their, in their man cave. Or, yeah. yeah, yeah. Someone's going to pull it out in 10 years' time and go, check busy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, I, I have a feeling that that directly contributed to that event dying. I, 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 I think the promoters went, you know what? 
Screw you, bastards. Oh, it was a big deal. I guess there were some certain other contributing factors. So, mm-hmm. so did you um, – I've judged Casey Best as well, James. Mm-hmm. Um, did you uh, – you did the judging course the day before or was it on site that day? Tell us a little bit about that. On site on the day? Yep. So I turned up not knowing really too much about competition barbecue and went through the course like everyone does and – yeah, we had a lot of experience at the table and had judges and I used them as a guide. And yeah, I was just blown away by, you know, the, uh, you know, how, how high, you know, how high it was in terms of, you know, the different levels of competition and, and, and the barbecue that was being produced. And so just kind of felt the need to have a chat to the barbecue teams afterwards, which I didn't know any better. I didn't know that there was kind of, a thing. A thing in between <laughs> yeah. judges and, yeah. and contestants. And I just thought it would be nice to thank every single team for producing the barbecue that day and yeah, just sick. get a chance to meet everybody. Sick. And then that's how I met Smokeface. Ah. Oh. Mm. So you were the inside man and they went, right, well, we want him on the team then. If he's- <laughs> and I'm sure that was, that was part of it. But I think they had just lost a team member at the time and one team said, oh, you should speak to Smokeface. They just lost a team member and they might be picking someone up. Mm. It was a little bit like that in those days. Mm-hmm. I remember it was like there was a lot of bit of like um, in the early days of Aussie barbecue, there was a lot of people kind of wanting to get involved and then they were, I, I, I'm, I, I was with a different team and there was guys going, can I just come and cut parsley or can I just come and wash dishes? I just want to watch what you're doing and... All that sort of thing, yeah. That's really interesting, man. You know, and um, yeah. So, what happened after that? Like, so what was your what was your story after that? So, I basically started with them in the next competition, and just kind of went through. I was recruited to just do the medial jobs, you know, the the things that needed to be done, but didn't really require too much and. Just it was for me. It well, was you're a edu- big guy too, so I'm assuming right. that was lifting the Myron mix and smoker into the trailer. And- <laughs> it's a pretty big thing. Yeah. No, more things like doing parsley and getting the boxes, and you know. But I felt like it was, uh, you know, I was getting, I was an apprentice, and I was getting, yeah, uh, and I yeah, I was getting, mm. and I was yeah, right slowly over a period of time, I was kind of led into the fold a little bit more, and then you know we started vibing as a team, and yeah, the started doing well, and and then the rest was history after that. So. Yeah, it was. Uh, it blew my head back. In all honesty, um, mm. I, I had no idea that it existed in that form. I had no idea about America and the and the history that came with that. Uh, so yeah, for me, it was an education. Now, I think the first time that I met you in person was at 2018 mm-hmm. Port Mac, and you guys won that one, didn't you? Or we was did. it second place? No, no, you won it. Mm-hmm. We won yeah, that yeah. one. Yeah. So was Smokeface already? performing really highly or I think leading into Port Macquarie we'd had a decent run we hadn't quite got there um we'd had a, we had a few little wins here and there and a few, a few call-ups we just probably couldn't put the whole package together mm. in its entirety and uh Port Mac was the the first big one I think for us um certainly you know you might win a few little competitions or get call-ups here and there but Port Macquarie was the first time that I felt like, okay, we're there. Mm. Because, of course, you look at uh, teams like Barbecue Mafia. Yeah. Who had won it, yeah. Yeah, won it the year before and mm. we were opposite them the next year. 
and just watching how they operate. Um, and then you win and you go. That's a well-oiled machine, Barbecue Mafia. Oh, that man. year we watched, we watched them from beginning to end. We were opposite them. They give, like, like, much respect to those guys. I don't know them very well, but just from the peripheries so I'm looking in, man, they, they were, like, on they had they it was clear from the get-go at the early stages of Aussie barbecue they had laser vision mm. that they were gonna do things and I really respect the way that they they were very like I love I grew up listening to a lot of punk rock and hip-hop and all that sort of stuff and they were very do-it-yourself they really did just they didn't have a lot of sponsors and stuff they're like no nah, we're gonna make our own shit. we're gonna do this we're gonna do that and they just really mm. just just Went went about it. Look at them now, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've got a bit of a bit of a, a, an analogy that you're like when you watch a good football team, like a good rugby union team. Matt, you're you, you're a former rugby union player. Yeah. You watch a good rugby union team, and they don't even need to necessarily look at where their teammates yeah. are to know where they are, it's just, and they it's just, just they just move as one. And there's two teams. It's that just I've a, it's seen like a flow the, state, the, right? It's like a flow state. You know when you're. You know when you're doing things and you don't need to think and it's just a flow state mm. and, you can see, and you can see that from the outside? Yeah, dude. There's two teams I've seen operate like that and you guys operate in a I'll caravan. So I've seen you, I've never actually you guys doing your thing. But Mafia and Meat Sweats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like Meat Sweats That's like old party. school, man. That's and, old and school stuff. Yeah. yeah, like Meat Sweats love to party and they party hard and you wouldn't think that they'd be able to the next day yeah. pull that off. And it's just, it's seamless. Like they're not even speaking to each other and they're just passing things around and it just, things get done and they walk home with the big trophy and it's like, mm. wow. I'm coming, I'm coming into this conversation with Harden, like, because I kind of want to pick you guys' brains because you've done a lot more comps now since the get-go. So He means you, he doesn't mean me. I mean, no, he I, means I mean when I mean you guys, I mean you, Jai, all, all your crew, right? <laughs> right? You know, like I'm, I'm really interested to know, do you guys like... Do you guys like have specific categories for each other or are you kind of riffing off each other or how, how does it go? Probably the, one of the number one questions you get as a team, yeah. at least with the new teams coming through. This is the audio version of Shigging, by the way. Yes. <laughs> no, no, I'm just so, interested. I mean, I, I compete. Look, when I compete, I do everything. Right. And usually all, for me, I, I just like cooking, man, so I'll do the whole thing. But, mm. you know, like. When I come in, all I need is someone with a clean set of hands, mm-hmm. with a clean set of gloves on, to touch things because I've got all over mm-hmm. my hands, right? You know, I'm interested to know like how yeah. you guys go about yeah. things when you've got extra teammates and stuff. I think that the thing is, is that it's a solid idea to have one person dedicated to a protein, but the problem is, is they then can't traverse over to other proteins, and so if they can't make it, or if they're not there, or if they're sick then it becomes a problem. So I think uh, to answer your question, I think with, there, are, there are proteins that we all share. Um, probably our position doesn't really change in terms of where people are located and what they're doing. So, so Jai's probably more hands-on with the pit. We all get a say in the way in which when proteins are finished and, and, and texture, and so we all confirm with each other. And then there's a certain, and then there's a person who will essentially pull the boxes together. So Jai will continue to cook. I will pull the box together. And so we share, we share proteins. We share the, the proteins that we share are pork, 
pork ribs and brisket. Uh, Jai tends to gravitate a bit more towards chicken and I tend to gravitate towards lamb. Right. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of how it works. So it's kind of a bit so, of, but it is, but it isn't. Kind it's of a thing. hybrid version of yeah, that. Right. Um, I think the way that that started was they kind of had, when I first joined the team, they had a lot of proteins they already had down pat and put a lot of time and effort into. And lamb was the last category they hadn't really done that. Right. So they kind of said to me, "Would you like to take lamb as your pro- as the protein?" Mm. And then it just kind of stuck from there. So I think that's how it kind of came about. Uh, but yeah, we we all we all do. Our, our fair share it's just that where we're located and what we're doing at the time doesn't change mm. so Jai tends to be more at the pit I tend to be more in the trailer and boxes and sources is kind of my thing mm-hmm. when, once we're up to that point and uh, you know he, he, but we all look over each other's work and we all have a say mm. and I think that's important in every team yeah 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 yeah. and you can't be too sort of precious about like uh, um, you know somebody else coming in and saying, oh, listen, man, that's not up to scratch. you got to try that again. And uh, you, you mentioned before that you guys have actually, um, I'm going somewhere with this, that you guys have moved from the Myron onto drums, mm. which means you're more rested. Yep. So now when, that critic, when, when the critiques come, you're more open to accepting them and, uh, and responding to them in a positive way. And I think that that... That's got to be reflected in the in the boxes, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, when we moved from the Myron to the pits, we had to throw all of our everything out the window, you know. Start uh, again, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and especially when we're critiquing each other, you can't take offense because we're we're on the same team. We're trying to get the same result, which is mm-hmm. to get the best protein we can possibly get. Sounds so, like being in a band, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you, yeah. you, you've actually both changed cookers since the last time I saw you at competitions. Yeah. You guys have gone from the Myron to drums, mm-hmm. and Matt, you've gone from uh, you had the. Uh, I was cooking on Yoda's, and I was cooking. I've always had. A, I've always. I've always mixed up things I've had. Like I've always had direct cookers, like uh, drums that James was talking about, mm. and pellet smokers for certain things. I was going to ask, did, I'm, I, like I'm pretty sure that you had a pellet grill last time. I, I mean, yeah. that's yeah, but, last, but we're, we're talking three years ago now. Last time I saw you here, yeah. Like, well, three years ago I was running, I was running drums. Yeah, it was just all drums. So I just got onto that. Like, oh yeah, it would have yeah, been four years ago because yeah, we were on yeah. the. So I bought one yeah, of yeah. you know one of uh, your esteemed. Um, Podcast affiliate guys, Drew. Like I've, I've Drew BQ. Yeah, yep. Drew BQ. I bought the first one that he sold commercially. Is it engraved zero zero one? No, no. But he's 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 got to the point now, man. Like you've seen the drums he's putting out these days, man. They're pretty he's, wild. He's like he keeps coming up to me now and going, Matty, when are you getting a new one? When are you getting a new one? Because he look he look he's a very forward looking guy. He is, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he looks at the one that he sold me, and he's like. He sees things that he's like, Ugh! but I'm like, I love this thing, man. Like I just, it's when like you go to pick up the man. new one, bring the old one in and have him put a little plaque on it that says DBQ 001. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that thing, man. I've always been a bit funny about my pits, man. Like, man, like my first Kamado, I've still got like it. it, it I don't have it. A friend's got it. Um, I'm very sentimental with a lot of them. I eh? like, um, cause the ones that like, I think everyone will feel the same when you move to a new pit that's different to what, and you have to re-engineer how you've cooked barbecue. Like you're just like, no, that was the one that I nutted that out with and I can't let that mm. go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I can't. 
Yeah. Think, things will come and go, but, you know, I think everyone listening to this has got way too many barbecues, man. You know? <laughs> oh, if they, if we they, all do. If they're listening to this podcast, I think they're, I'm pretty sure there's a six barbecue minimum if you want to listen to this oh, podcast. 100. 100. <laughs> 100%, man. 100%. So, yeah, it's pretty interesting, man. Like, so. Tell yeah. us about the drums, though. Like, what, what, what drew you to the drums? I think yeah, you go first, yeah, yeah. So we use the um, the Gateway Drum Smokers from uh, they initially came from Andrew at Q Club, and I think it was a combination of things. Uh, one, the fact that it reduces the amount of time you have to cook, so you can get a, a, a better sleep. Mm. Um, I felt like the product was inherently better because it adds an extra flavor profile, which is the fat dripping onto the charcoal and imparting an extra flavor that other people weren't doing at that time. And then, of course, they're really light and they're easy to manoeuvre around. And then, of course, Shake and Bake uh, from America were also coming at that time and were influencing Australian barbecue through their courses. So I think a combination of those things sort of led us in that direction. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, for me, with the drums, I think it was more... It was more um, like, I, I love cooking on Kamados, man. And that's... That's my thing at home, you know, like... It's almost a similar principle, isn't it? The fire yeah, in the bottom yeah, and the meat, you know, and the and the meat above. fire underneath. Maybe you've got a deflector, maybe you don't. You, you mm. can choose either. Um, for me, the tomatoes, like, I feel... Because there's, like, it's that old school and you're going to, like, when we were all kids, man, and you go into the backyard and there was always, like, a brick pit, mm-hmm. flat hot plate, Yep. You know, all that, and the, like bricks are basically ceramic, right? You know, and they always held the heat. Man, uh, for me, like, without, I'm not, everyone's got their bar, uh, their charcoal sponsors. So you guys have got them. I'm like, I don't, I've never needed them one. Mm. Like, mm. I've been competing for a long time. I just, like, I, it, they just use so little charcoal because yeah. mm. they're just so, because it's such an around, and humans have been cooking in the ground for such a long time, but then the drums came along and, like, who's going to move a 200-kilo piece of cement to go and cook at a barbecue contest? Not me. Yeah. Uh, Greg. Greg. Greg from Burley Barbecue. Oh, yeah. Fair point. I've cooked against him at a barbecue competition and when, when it was all done and he whipped me silly and it was time to pack up and go home, I saw him put you on... You whipped him silly getting home, though. <laughs> oh, I, yes, yes. I, I, I was out of there before he was. But I, I saw him put on a full furniture removalist's harness. Yeah, and the push. And, like, yeah, and, yeah. and, and, and like <laughs> connect himself. Like he, he, like, he, like, strapped in, the, strapped in the, the, the big green egg that he uses and, like, picks it up to put it in the van. Like Crazy. Yeah, man. But yeah. that's, like, that, like, like you were saying with the drums, like... A lot of that is the the, the flavour principles of like drums for me. There's like one drum exception where I feel the flavour is different with, and that's a pit barrel. Like I don't know what it is about a pit barrel. I think it's where however the, 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 the airflow goes through those things. Is it the extra holes around the rim? I, I don't know what it is. The- and Lance, that we all know, he said something to me one day. He goes, man, he goes, I, love, I, I end up getting a cheap one off one of the million barbecues that I own, that we all own. Um, I've got one cheap on Gumtree, um, Facebook Marketplace. I've got it for like 100 bucks. I was like... For a, for a pit barrel cooker? For a PVC, man. Nice. <laughs> 18 inch. Not the big one, but mm-hmm. the main inch. 
100 bucks. <laughs> Big right? enough. Yeah, the guy yeah. didn't even know what he had, right? So I was like, oh, yeah, he goes, oh, yeah, it's just 100 bucks. I was like, okay, fine, I'll come pick it up now. All right, I'll be there. <laughs> uh, can I come this afternoon? No. Anyway, but like the, the taste on that's just a little bit different. Like it's a bit more true to almost like an offset sort of flavor. And Lance put that in my head. Interesting. That's the only exception, I think, mm. with the drums. But I love that, like you were saying, that fat hitting, even if like in a Kamado, like the fat pissing up off the ceramic mm. and then flavouring the underside of the meat. And that's one of those things that I discovered with the ceramic barbecue, knowing to flip, you know, turning things around. I, I, I just, yeah, it just, it didn't take me long to kind of understand where that was going. But if mm. you came from a completely different cooker like a Mario Mixon, man, you'd be, mm. you'd have to be like, I've got to spend a lot of time on that. Yeah. Mm. Well, we went, we had reverse offset, then we went Myron. Yeah. And now, and now drums. Oh, dude, they are like, if anyone out there is listening, right, knowing your pit and knowing how different those three operate mm. they are completely different yep they're chalk and cheese yep they are chalk and cheese like you you might as well be starting to cook barbecue from scratch almost again <laughs> almost in some respects mm. yeah yeah we i think we just find with the charcoal we just we tend to use even the flavored wood like we've been a real fan of using cherry wood and flavor wood over the years and we just find even on the uh ugly drum smokers you don't really need too much of that anymore Mm. Um, because that, that beautiful charcoal flavor is imparting itself and, yeah, yeah. and you're getting that extra flavor profile. So, yeah, I think we've finally nailed it. And it's, it took a while, it took a fair while to go from Myron to, to the Gateways. How, how long was that? Like, what, what was that transition process like? We probably, we for sure almost lost a season just dialing it in. Wow. Yeah. For a and team like you guys, that's a. That, yeah. that's a significant loss to invest in the in future seasons. Like yeah, that's and, a, and we just had to suck it up too because mm. we, you know, we we gone from being really successful in the Myron. People are like, why are you moving away from the Myron? You've been so successful, and we just knew that if we invested and took the right time, that it, that it would come. But we had to allow the process to be the process and just give it the time that it needed. And so many times we just wanted to go. No, we need to go back. And you just had to trust that you were heading in the right direction mm. because of all the reasons as to why we were moving away from the Myron in the first place, which was nothing to do with the cook or the food, but it was really heavy, needed a constant water source. And, you know, there's, it, it's very hard to move as well. So Yeah, that's the thing that um, perhaps some of our overseas listeners won't sort of understand about the Australian scene is that we mm. don't have venues that are dedicated to barbecue competitions. No. They don't all have power. They don't all have flowing water at every site um so things like that can be can be really tough now did you did you sell the myron to get the gateways like like was there no going back did you did you burn that bridge <laughs> the gateway uh, the myron's still there it's oh, it's still there we've okay. still got it yeah yeah we didn't sell it uh it's around and uh we i don't think we ever wanted to just to give ourselves that extra option in case yeah. we did want to go back and plus it's a great pit. Like it's such a pleasure to use, and uh, even for corporate events and catering, and even cooking at home, it's a great pit to use. Yeah, yeah. So no, we 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 held on to it, but yeah, we um, doubled down on the gateways, and uh, and yeah, um, through through Q Club, and and that's kind of how we started on that on that journey. Plus, 
We've seen a few teams, a lot of teams in America, almost all of them have gone in that direction. They have, yeah. And, and then there was just a transition where Australia was starting to move. Mm. And so, yeah, we, we jumped on early. Yeah, you were for sure. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned before that learning how to cook a brisket was totally different Completely between different. like the, an offset and the Myron and then the drums. Like what was that like? Yeah, I mean, you're cooking at the same temperature, so it's not necessarily a temperature thing. It's more how direct you are. You know, there's a lot of radiant heat, so you're quite close to the fire source comparatively, say, to a Myron or, or an offset smoker. So you've got to combat that. You've got to consider the fact that, that, that there's a lot of fat in a, in a very high-end Wagyu brisket, so there's a lot of fat dropping down on that charcoal. There'd be so much. It'd be like a river, wouldn't it? Yeah, it is. So then <laughs> how, do you, how do you overcome that and what setup do you use to ensure that, especially the brisket and even pork to a degree, mm. um, is, is not hammering you with that, all that fat and that smoke that, that's coming through? Mm. And that's where you know, um, teams like Shake and Bake in America and, and, and doing the courses is so incredibly important. Can you, can you, you like, we talked about it earlier, are you happy to lean into some of your techniques with... Mm deflecting and, and managing that issue with, with home cooks and or competition cooks? Yeah, I mean, for, for, the, for the gateway specifically, it's quite a unique setup and you're really close to the, the heat source. So we kind of found very quickly that if we didn't set up it in such a way, because you have options, you can put a deflector plate in which gateway cell, um, you, could, you could put a water pan on top of that um, or on a on a lower. Um, so when you put rack. the sorry, just just for people listening that may not be mm. as uh, familiar. Yeah, familiar mm. as we are. So when you're putting that water pan on, are you putting that on a particular side and moving the protein around to like to catch some yeah. or so our manage that or yeah. So we don't use a water pan, but I'm just explaining. These are a few different techniques people yeah, would naturally sure. gravitate towards. We um, use some Costco foil yep. and kind of concave the foil down on a gradient, which would then slide the fat down the foil and to the side of the charcoal. So that'll miss the fire basket and then go straight down the bottom. Yeah, and you will clean that ah, out. Nice. When yeah, so yeah, yeah. for the most part, it's hitting that foil and 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 rolling off. There's still, of course, you have to still let some heat come through, and you have to let the oxygen come through. So there's probably about a quarter of one side where there's a direct heat source coming through. So you're still getting a little bit of fat dropping, but you're regulating how much fat is mm. hitting the charcoal and you're trying to minimise it somewhat. Well, you need some because that's part of the flavour profile of the mm -hmm. drums that everyone talks about, isn't it? It's yeah. But even the bottom of the drum, even where there's no fire, would mm. still be hot. Still hot. There's fire still sitting there. But mm. Yeah, so we use a fat-absorb uh, product. Kitty litter? Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> that's all it is. It's, it's called fat absorb. And <laughs> yeah, no, no, don't spend your money on that. Yeah. Just buy kitty litter. That's yeah, all yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah. yeah, and it just drops down and absorbs, absorbs you that You've got to be careful with the kitty litter stuff, guys. If you are trying to save some money, please, 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 for the love of everything good in all of your pits, do not buy the scented one. The scented one. one, yeah, that's a mistake. Don't be going people. and buying yeah, no yeah, yeah. lavender flavor. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have barbecue, you're going to have beef flavored yeah. lavender. Like, la like, last time I checked, 
in the realm of all the barbecue flavor, there's hickory, cherry, apple, et all, and lavender ain't one of them. Yeah, right? no, no, I've heard a few people have made that error. Yeah. So then we're turning, we're turning the protein um, on the rack that it's on every mm-hmm. so often. So you're still getting, you're still using that quarter of that radiant heat but you, you can't have it hitting that protein all sure. the time because then you're going to have a quarter of the protein overcooked and mm. three quarters of it undercooked. So by turning it every half an hour, 45 minutes, you then kind of, you know, making think, sure that I it's consistent. I think someone said to me, so, someone said it to me really well, like with uh, direct cook, uh, direct heat hook cookers like a, a Kamado et al. Um, Pro you don't cook, you don't, or something. Yeah, exactly. You don't cook one side of a steak, right? Mm. Mm. You know, yeah. and I think that's, that's a really good way of kind of explaining that very yeah. what what would appear very complex yeah. in a very simple manner. I've and got an ultra pedantic question. Yeah. When you say you spin it, do you mm-hmm. grab the handles on the on the rack and spin the rack, or are you picking up the brisket and spinning it? Spinning the rack, spinning which the then rack. moves okay. which then moves the protein. Yeah. There is a point though. Do on- you do you sorry? Do you take into consideration the little indentations that the rack makes in the like like do, do you go that far? to consider the indentations that the rack makes in the bottom of the brisket and then? Not, not really, because uh, I think when we did the shake and bake course, they did not care about little, you know, variations in colour on top of their brisket. In fact, so much so that they'll actually flip their brisket halfway through the cook. We were talking about that before, yeah. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I'm like, that blew my mind because in Australia we, we never really had seen that. And we're, we're always protecting that top, that face yeah. of the brisket to make sure yeah. it's nice and consistent. That's what I was saying about the steak principle, right? Yeah. yeah. And it just we just realized that it, it's, it's less about the uh, – it's less about what it looks like, all those small imperfections. It's more about the final product that you get as far as tenderness texture and, and, and yeah, tenderness. Right. They're the, mm. big, the big hitting eye. And oh, taste right. is a huge one too. So – you know, you, you focus more on that and and we were so, like even American barbecue is, I think we've focused a lot over the years on the way it looks to the point where it's over finessed. Yep. And, mm. and when we moved away from being so pedantic about how finessed it is and focus more on things like taste and texture, that's when we were That's hit, a really good more. tip for a lot of um, guys that are uh, girls, people, moving into barbecue, right? You know, everyone can put up the prettiest picture. They can get on their TikToks. They can get on their Instagram and put up all the pictures that make things look fantastic. But the realness is like when I bite into that, how does it feel on my mouth? Yep. How mm. does it taste on my taste buds? And it doesn't mm. mean that you don't ignore it. It just means that the primary needs to be taste yep. and texture. And then when you have the time, Appearance, mm. but you don't sacrifice appearance for taste or texture because they score at a higher rate. Well, it's it's weighted differently. Yeah, weighted yeah. differently. Yeah, one, two, three. Yeah, hey, it's like going to a, it's like going to a happy hour in a tuxedo, mate. Like no point. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> we, no um, point. We are. Uh, a couple of years ago, we got approached to do a. It was a promotional cook off um, at a at a night market up on the Gold Coast against their house, um, American barbecue joint. And so me and a couple of mates, we, we got together, we'd, com- we'd competed together a couple of times. We were like, okay, we're going to take competition barbecue to this thing. We're going to smash this guy. Like, with- and we ended, up taking- <laughs> we ended up taking guns to a knife fight mm-hmm. because 
A, we didn't know this, but he got to choose our meat. Mm. So we ended up with the most, like dead set, the brisket would have been maybe 10 mil thick on the flat um, in, a, in a thick spot. And, and anyway, and we had to cook it all on a perilla. Mm. So while well, he still had his regular offset. Anyway, the judges were all retired butchers who'd <laughs> never been to a barbecue competition. Yeah. And uh, one thing that they said that really stuck with me was um, this brisket tastes just like my grandma used to cook it. <laughs> It, I, like, Is that like a I good can, thing or a bad I can thing? really taste the beef in here. Right. And I went, oh, we're done. We're done. <laughs> like, like, like we've, we've been injecting and trimming and primping and preening and, you know, mm. absolutely baiting this meat. And I went, oh. And, yeah, no, we, we, got, the, we got the floor white with us. Yeah, and that's but, the thing. Um, um, a lot of teams, it's funny because a lot of teams, there's some controversy around do you change what you do depending on the competition? Now that's a good. That's a good. That's great an interesting question. topic. Great, great, great topic. question. Great. Yeah, <laughs> like like if you if you're competing in you know Bundaberg with with mm-hmm. Bronny up in North Queensland or great down topic. in Melbourne with you guys, like mm-hmm. yeah, and we've we've um, haven't been a fan of changing our the way we do things over over the years, but there's only so many times that you can get hit. And then accept, and then stick to your guns on that subject. So if we're cooking in Metro Sydney or Melbourne, we'll do our own full, your full regular, shit. regular stuff, full flare, the way that we do it. If, if we're, we're regional, you gotta you gotta dial it back, like dial it back, because the majority of people haven't eaten competition barbecue before. Mm. They haven't. They're, they're, they're less accepting of these huge flavor profiles, and so again, it's about making sure you're not offending as many people as you can mm. you're trying to you're trying to make sure that you you're pleasing as many people as you can and, and, can I, I'll and just offending the I least think, i think for a lot of people listening like that's a really good point that you're bringing up like you know it's and we we sort of landed into this a little bit before sorry to pull you up what you were talking about there but we were talking about a lot of and 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 it's been a heavily discussed in all of the podcasts and all the stuff out there that are on barbecue about Homogenization, mm-hmm. I think, is the term that we like to use. Oh, I was actually going to get into this, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we you were talking, you were telling us, tell us a little bit more about earlier. We were discussing your, your, your time in the states, mm-hmm. um, and in Kansas, was it you were saying? Yeah, we went to Kansas and, City, and on, on, on that kind of thing. That, in terms of judging? Yeah, in terms of what you saw there and what the... Yeah. I mean, they've, they've got a very rich history when it comes to barbecue and it goes back quite a while and, and we're, we're still on the edge of creating that right now. It's mm. still relatively new comparatively mm. in Australia. Mm. And so what comes with that is um, a lack of depth when it comes to um, judges because we're still building that. Yeah. We still have some great judges. We still have a lot of people who have done a lot of it. But in terms of the physical volume of judges that have that experience, comparatively it's, it's smaller um, than, than America. And so it, that takes time. You can't, you can't just build that overnight. No. And no. so uh, – you know, and, and what you're going to get in return is you're going to get a lot of novice judges because that's just the way it is. Yeah. And so it, it takes time to build that. And, yeah, I think for people who – for teams who have been around for a really long time and are not sure what they should they should do next, um, they've probably talked a lot about 
the judging over the years and they, they should probably step up and be part of barbecue in a, in, in a different I, I way. Could not, I could not agree more. Yeah. I, honestly, like, I, I feel like, you know, like let's just, like well, we consider barbecue a sport, right? Mm. You know, um, if, if we were putting our kids in the sport or we were involved in sport, you know, in rugby, sometimes you might need to grab a flag and run the line. You know, and be a linesman. Some people might need to um, go and run some water and stuff like that. And I feel like at times that, you know, um, if you've got an opinion about how things are or you've been smacked in the teeth, you know, after spending thousands of dollars on a comp, respect that. Which, let's face it, we all have. Yeah, <laughs> respect that. Respect that. I respect that wholeheartedly, but what are you doing about it? What are you doing about it? What so- are you... Are you getting off your backside? Mm. Are you getting off your backside and going and helping? Because I'll tell you, the times that I've gone to, to, I go to judge to get intel because I don't compete very often just to go, cool, that's what they like. That's what I'm going to eat. Cool. I can, I think you said it earlier, reverse engineer what mm-hmm. you saw. Mm. I, can, I can get pretty close to that, you know, and the questions, you know, like there needs to be leaders in our scene here because we're still, like you're saying, relatively new to these guys that are coming in novice, you know, like their opinions are still very, very warranted. Yeah, and I think, and and we've always had the mindset that we're an open book when it comes to information. Mm. So uh, even though we have the trailer and so forth, we have an open site, we don't have any... We don't put our, our walls up unless it's absolutely pouring down with rain. And we, we always answer people's questions truthfully and give them as much. We try to, That's over, so great to over-invest hear. into people I, and I'm give them be advice. With you. I, because I, uh, I find it, I'm, when it comes to hand-in times, I mm. need stay away from me. I need to, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm a very gregarious character, but like when it comes to that, I need to, mm. I've got laser focus. As soon as the hand-in's done, Ask me anything you want. Right. You know, but yeah, when it get, comes to that bit. And I get that too. And so a lot of people are afraid to ask, I think, but we will always tell them. You see them though. You yeah. see them when they're coming up. You, yeah. see, you can, you can say, oh, like you can, you can see them doing that. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, we're, we're, you can't see us right now, but like they kind of do that like, Head wobble thing. Yeah. Kind of looking to kind of go, what are you doing there? And, and again, that's about investing into barbecue. So if you, yeah. if you genuinely want to give back and you want to see the sport grow, you've got to share information. Sure. You want to, you yeah, want to compete 100%, 100%. against, you mm. want to compete against the best that those teams can beat, can, can be, but you are not going to get good competition unless you help. One of the things I've been thinking about on that point is that when we go to comps, like, I feel like uh, to keep continue growing the sport and to support those guys is that like if there was a way that we could find out okay who's new at this comp you know and mm. then maybe there's maybe there's a smoke face maybe there's a big smoke maybe there's a not me because I'm too busy pissing up and <laughs> what have you but you know like I'm happy to like share what I do know mm. or point people towards the right things maybe maybe there's a point where we go. You know, we've got that teams committee now. Maybe we're going, okay, here's a new comp. Who's new? And we get the most three or four experienced teams and they go over to these guys and go, welcome. Thank you for coming. Mm, yeah. Great to see you here. Mm. Please come and talk to us. Hey, do you have any questions? 
yeah, you know, etc. Mm. Stuff like that, you know, maybe maybe because all of us get a little bit in yeah. a rut with competition barbecue, I think, you know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's something we mm. oh, no, to no. your to your point before about the uh, about the public coming up when you're competing. I I came to competition barbecue from the point of building a pre-existing brand. I had smoke on confessions first, then I got into competition barbecue. Mm. So one thing I did that to sort of offset that was rather than try and put my prep table at the back and have people try and shout questions at me, I put everything in the front. And I literally had, they had the, the barrier that they put in front of your team at the front, and I put the prep table right behind that. Mm-hmm. And everything I did was front and centre, direct in front. And anybody who wanted to come and stand around and look could come, could come and stand around and look. Mm. Now, maybe that's just me because I'm a teacher by profession. I'm used to doing things in front of a crowd yeah. of people and, yeah. and, I, and, and I'm There's comfortable with that. There's a definite skill set with that and sort I of can, thing. Yeah. And I can talk as I'm doing and explaining and all that sort of stuff. Um, maybe that's just me, but that's something that I found that was good for that because I know several people that came and watched me do what I was doing and then they'd go and they'd, they'd buy a smoker. Um, one guy saw me doing it the next year he came back and he joined the team and the year after that he had his own team. Mm. So yeah. it's, 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 it's part of that organic growth. It's that grassroots growth. Yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of which, I did a loop around today. Not even all the teams are here yet and at least half of them are new to me. I, yeah, I, was, I, I haven't oh, seen them were, before. I don't know the names. Like that's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, agreed. Agreed. Yeah. There was a, there's, I think there's some relatively new ones, but there's also like <clears> – <throat> There's teams that people don't know mm. that have been around. Like my boy Ruben, and shout out to Geezer if he's ever listening. Like Ruben, Smoky Barbecue Bandits, man. Like, you know, the, the reddest hair in Australian <laughs> barbecue. Like those guys have been there since the get-go. But, you know, they're not there every week. They're not there every day. But they've been there since the get-go, man. Mm. It is there's teams that are still around, man. That's the thing about Kangaroo Valley too, is a Kangaroo Valley, like people who know the barbecue scene know that if you're only going to do one or two a year, this is the one that you come to. Mm. Like, yeah, especially for Sydney people because it's just so yeah. close, right? You know, like... And let's face it, competitions are a bit thin on the ground this year. So. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, because we're stoked, man. Like, I'm stoked that, like, because in terms of, like... You know, look, I'm not going to lie. Like, I've had relative success here. You know, for, for the amount of effort I put into competition barbecue, I've had success. Mm. Compared to the effort that other people do, like, you know, there's certain teams that are heavy hitters that are beaten here, but, you know, go to any other comp, hand, I get my ass handed to me. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? But, you know, um, I'm just stoked to see, like, you know, like, you guys may not like the title, but there's some heavy hitters coming out of Melbourne, man. Like, you guys are like, I'm just, I'm speaking for myself, but I look into what's going on in Melbourne. You've got your liquor smokes, you've got you guys, Smoke Face mm. Grillers, you've got Dan Barrett. From, yep. um, you've got, um, who else is down there that's killing it? There's like, there's like five or six, seven teams that are like just, Killing it. Yeah, I mean, it's. And just, then we've got Adelaide teams coming over trying yeah. to take all our money as How well. How hot is Adelaide getting at the moment oh, in terms man. of like, bar- like quality of barbecue teams? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's Dusty, Dusty Q. Dusty. 
you know, they're what, just they're they such crush a, it, eh? They're such a passionate. I don't even know them. Like I just look at the results. I'm like, oh, yeah. oh. they drove from Adelaide to Toowoomba and murdered everybody. Yeah. How do you drive? What is that? Nineteen hours? How yeah. do you drive for nineteen hours? I haven't met them, but there's definitely yeah. some sort of psychopathic kind of vibes <laughs> there. Yeah. They're very they're very inspirational. I think they've just when when someone's taking the bar to another level that pushes other people within that state to oh, do yeah, the same. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, we've seen that, I think, in Victoria over the years and, and, and now they're, they're pushing the limits there as well in Adelaide, which is, which is great. Uh, yeah, New Zealand barbecue is um, so different culturally. Um, but the, and, and what I mean by that is, is they come together as a, as a whole, as one entity pretty much, and um, they, have no, they have no sides on their marquees. That's the, by everything the, is completely, and it's not that they have that agreement. That's what it says. It just is you're not allowed is. to have sides. So that was us in 2016. Yeah, <laughs> but it was refreshing to go to New Zealand and do that. Yeah, yeah. And then I think what that then happens is, is that teams then share if they will come together, they'll share information and they'll talk. They'll talk to each other, and I think that's what encourages the growth of barbecue. And anyone who's mm. who's had the pleasure of following New Zealand barbecue, even over the last two years. They're on our doorstep. They are knocking on our door, and they are just as good as the Australian teams now. And I and they and 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 they've come in, you know, a year or two after Australia on on, on this scene, but they've grown so much now that they're they're there. And we'll go. Australian teams will go over and compete and get beaten. Yeah, but yeah, they're, they're in the mix, but not quite. There. Yeah, they're a season away from coming over here and and, and taking things away yeah, from us and that, killing us. Yeah, and yeah. because you look at Brendan. Uh, what's it? Uh, Rysama. Uh, Brendan yep. from. Uh, I might be mispronouncing it. So, was yeah. it the, the smoke? Uh, what's his yeah, name? The, the surname's correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He's done really well, mega consistent. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, you've got. Um, um, uh, the guy that's. He goes on all the meat stock tours. Um, he came over to Brisbane. He won Brisbane. Um, Really, Greg, uh, Greg, smoking meat house. Yeah, um, that's Brendan. Right? That's that's Brendan. Is is yeah. it's smoking, smoking meat house? Yeah, uh, the guy that builds the octopits. Uh, that's oh, Jared. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's Sorry, he's, he's been pushing. He's been pushing the limits there as well. And then you've got teams like um, Cook Cartel in New mm. Zealand that are up and comers as well, and they're really close. They've got uh, some really good um, lady pitmasters over there as well. Yeah, well, it's just like, it's a different it's a different culture. It's just yeah. they all come together on certain subjects, and so I think that's where I, I really like that. And there was something refreshing over the years about going to New Zealand. Do you think there. that's Do you think that's like we need more of that? Yeah, you, you think? Do you think some of that might be because that's culturally in New Zealand? where they differ from Australians potentially yeah, as well? I think they're probably more f- friendly as a, as a group. Yeah, but- look, I played a lot of rugby with a lot of Polynesian, a lot of mm. Maori, a lot of Samoan, a lot of Tongans and mm. stuff, man. And um, to see the um, – to see all the white boys like me, man, like, yeah. you know, they're just – the way that they all interact and what have you, and maybe there's a bit of mix and match with all that kind of thing and – I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah, like I it just—I I could be—I so could I be think, talking out of my ass. But. I think that's part of it, though, is that they is that we need to continue to encourage this growth yeah. and encourage people coming together and for and being cohesive as a group to better the competition in general. Yeah, it doesn't seem to be the tall poppy syndrome. No, in the in the New Zealand culture that we have no, here. Very family oriented people's in New Zealand. I, as well. like, I don't know yeah. if this is something that a bit if it. 
I don't know if, if you want to get into this or not, but as teams have risen and people have started businesses and whatnot, there's a, you can see the tall poppy syndrome here in Australian culture and we've yeah. seen... I don't know, man. Like, there's we, some that do, there's some that don't. Yeah, like, but there is, still, man. Like, there I mean, is, there is. We've, yeah. gone, we've gone from 2016, 2017 of everybody being happy and friendly and mm-hmm. yeah, walls okay. down yeah. to... Maybe I've got those silly glasses, man. There's, oh, there's divides now and there's, yeah. oh, we can't talk to you because you talk to him and it's like... Do you know, I, th- I think I'm sorry, what? Like, <laughs> I think once, once the competition... Because I've talked to everybody. Like, yeah, yeah, well, I mean, there's a couple of things on that. One, by nature, when the competition grows and you're getting more people inherently, you're going to see a, a, a bit of that because it's just, you're, it's over more, you know, more people. Like, so, mm. so some people aren't going to get along. They've all got different personalities. And then also around that time, 2016, 2000, or 2018, the, the plots were quite lucrative. In terms mm. of in terms of what you could win, and sometimes that changes situations. Yeah. Just on pain, well, that's why I come to Canberra yeah. because uh, it pays quite well. Yeah. In for third place. Yeah. So okay, I wouldn't have thought that because, like, geographically, what's it's kind that, of a what's smaller the third place competition. Play, pay in Melbourne. In Melbourne, oh, it depends. Um, it could be like five hundred to a thousand. You know, not for third place. For third oh, place, overall third. Yeah. Sorry, you mean? I, I thought you meant as in for no, protein. No. For per protein, sorry. Oh, I don't know. It depends which competition you're talking about because lately it's minimum a hundred here. Yeah, it's it's changed of late because COVID did weird things to barbecue and 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 things in general and and uh, but yeah. The, it depends how big the competition is and how many sponsors are behind it. You've got like a meat. But this stock. one's always paid well. Like I think. Yeah. From memory, it was there's five hundred for a protein. Yeah. Which is good. That is good. Yeah. Mm. That's all I can't. Yeah, I mean, it's probably a third. A third in a protein is probably hundred to three hundred. You know, yeah. just depending on which one and who's sponsoring the the event. I didn't. I didn't actually look into it, but I remember just it's always been. Pete's always paid it well here. Yeah. That's. Mm. So, yeah, so I mean, I don't know. Like, we how long have we been talking now, Benny? Um, uh, maybe forty-five minutes. Yeah, I don't know. Fifty got, minutes. Like, maybe we ask some. Que- I've I've got some questions for you, Benny. Oh, if you, all right. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like we've all we've. I think we've been. I mean, I, I've been really interested in someone like James. who's competed a lot more than me. You know, he's like newer to barbecue than me, but like in terms of experience, way ahead of me. Mm. Um, on what he feels about barbecue, I want to ask you, Benny. Like, if if you had one tip for a new barbecue, what would what would your advice be? Uh, go through the back catalogue of Smoking Hot Confessions podcasts. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're up to about, uh, I think this will be about episode 215 or wow. something. So I mean, I'll just give a fucking round. <laughs> well done. I've had conversations with just about everybody that's on the, that's yeah. on the scene. And the I love that you keep doing what you're doing, man. Like, honestly, you know, like, mic on, mic off. Like, you know, the amount of effort you've put into putting your effort into spreading the knowledge and understanding of barbecue has been incredible, man. Like, and you should continue to keep doing it. If your heart keeps into it, man, you know, like I've, I've learned a lot just talking to James and it's flicked some fires in the back of my head of things yeah. that I've forgotten or, you know, and what have you as well, you know, like, um, you know, like they, these are the things I like to ask people because people ask me all the time, how do I get into this? And I'm like, mm. I like to hear other people's perspectives on 
what would you, James? What would you say to someone who's getting, who's just doing? Maybe he's done a few cooks. Maybe he wants to, you know, like what? What, what would you tell them? Uh, I both, think, a, both a backyard cook and maybe a competition. Yeah. Cook. What would you say to them? I mean, backyard cook, just have fun. Watch some YouTube videos. Uh, is probably a, a huge source. Um, you know, get a good butcher. Mm. Is is a big one. Mm. Amen to that, man. Yeah, and when it comes to when it comes to competition, do a course, become a judge first if you can, at least for one, at least for one time. There's so many classes out there now yeah. by by some really I think there's a lot good of, pit I mean, masters. Just like, to pull that yeah. up, like I think it's important to research who's doing the classes for like, sure <laughs> there's, there's some really yeah. good online even in america from america there's a really good online courses as well barbecue but, league is awesome yeah uh, and barbecue champs academy i yep, think is another one. Yeah. one but you know there's, do, there's do, barbicon as well now from australia yeah, yeah. of course <laughs> and just and get to know as many people as you can as many of the it's as, a networking thing all right got a network and you've got to get close to some teams and you know um i know there's some teams over the years that um, Australian teams have uh, been speaking to some New Zealand teams and, and vice versa, or maybe you've got some teams that you've been close to over the years and you've, you know, you, you, you just pick up ideas from people, grab mm. a little bit from everywhere and everyone's, if everyone continues to share, it makes barbecue better as a whole. Amen so, to that, man. Mm. Amen to that. Amen to that. Yeah. Good call, man. Good call. I want to loop things back to, um, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm rewinding on you about 30 no, minutes no, no, here. No, go, go for it. Um, go for it. We were talking about judges and, yeah. and the, the judging scene. You mentioned Kansas City and your mm-hmm. experience as judging over there. Mm. Um, I was in the States in 2019 and uh, I got to go to the biggest um, KCBS competition in Louisiana mm-hmm. and I was taking photos for them of all the, the hand-in boxes and stuff like that. And uh, what a lot of competitors and the public don't know is that the officials and the photographers and stuff, we graze off the leftovers out of the boxes. I mean, I, you, you probably guessed that already, but uh, it was sensational food, don't get me wrong, but I could not tell the difference between a lot of the different boxes. Mm-hmm. And I think um, if anybody goes back and listens to the earlier episodes of the podcast, um, you'll hear me banging on about pineapple barbecue sauces and mm-hmm. mango barbecue sauces and all this sort of stuff. And back when I was competing, I'd be putting up my mango barbecue sauce pulled pork against your, you know, oh, maybe not yours specifically, but like, you know, someone else's Asian inspired pulled pork, you know, blah, blah, blah. And for me, that's where the fun was. Mm. Um, I'm a big fan of the old school videos of the Bathurst 1000, for example, before it was called the Bathurst 1000, you know, where, where you'd see the little minis putting it up against the GT Falcons and all that sort of stuff. And uh, I think very quickly, very quickly, but in, in one season, I'd say between, for me to be between 2017 and 2018, mm-hmm. we went from it being my Queensland style tropical barbecue versus your Melbourne style cosmopolitan barbecue mm. to, <laughs> to a very... Sorry, I'm laughing because... <laughs> That's just how Sydney sees Melbourne. Like, oh, yeah, we're so cosmopolitan. Like, oh, yeah, we're the Paris of the South. Well, like, I'm from the Gold Coast. We have no appreciable culture on the Gold yeah, Coast. You've got, so. a, you've got a Big Mac of all the worst. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you got yeah. Penrith, you've got Frankston, all in the same place. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so we, Shout out to Penrith and Frankston, by the way. Like. So we very quickly went from that kind of competitive, you know, run what you brung kind of culture to mm-hmm. 
the barbecue is now in a in, in a tight square. Yeah, it's it's that flavor uh, that flavor profile with that. Who knows? And, that, like, and oh, so can my, I, I, my my question is, sorry, I'm yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm being very long winded. Getting back to the judges thing, mm. we we've talked about how we have we we don't have a large pool of experienced judges here. So what led that transition? Was it Australian pitmasters going over to America and going, oh, this is what competition barbecue is, and bringing it back? Or was it judges and their scoring sort of forcing competitors into that square, into that box? Yeah, I don't think it was one or the other, probably a combination of both. Uh, Certainly we take our lead from... America, not everything transitions over. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, but certainly, there's some basic flavor profiles that for sure do. And then I think when you start seeing teams hitting consistently, then more people do more of that. And so then I think that leads then leads people to, uh, you know, to to kind of using similar similar stuff. So teams that are trying to reinvent themselves all the time and trying to get the, the leg up are constantly going back to the pool of rubs and sauces to try to find that next, what's that next rub or that next point of difference. Mm. And they're the teams that can constantly reinvent themselves or keep themselves alive because you're right. It, it does get very consistent, very similar, mm. but you've got to continue to push the limits and not being afraid to move and, and, and trying that, you know, that next different, what is the next point of difference for us? Yeah. Yeah. What, I, I now spend a lot more time in the judges' tent than I do in the competitors' field. Mm-hmm. And even in terms of the Australian scene, I can tell the difference between an experienced team and a new team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in terms of, like, the experienced teams and the different flavour profiles, mm-hmm. like, I can't it, – it's really hard to pick the difference now. And, yeah. like, for, for, for me personally, and I know that there's a lot of far more proficient and better competitors than I ever was – that are going to hate me for saying this, but I feel like we really lost a window here in Australia. Like what we could have defined our own barbecue well, scene. You know, yeah. People need to um, be more involved with Devon competitions <laughs> to be perfectly honest, because well, that is the that highlight was, of, the, of my, the kangaroo barbecue that festival, was isn't my, it? That was my up yours to <laughs> figuratively too. a lot of that as well. You know, yeah. you know I, mean, I mean, I do, I do see come across as someone who loves taking the mick a heck of a lot. However, there's like there is a serious side to me as well. Like I do, I do love this whole thing, and I I think that um, look, there's a lot of stuff that'll go. Maybe the same tasting sauces go really, really well with perfectly cooked barbecue. Mm-hmm. Maybe it just is, mm. you know. Um, you know, maybe maybe that's just is what it is. You know, because like I don't know if anyone's watching on Netflix that whole salt, fat, acid, heat, right? I think one, that was one of the best things I ever watched from a cooking barbecue or not, right? Like smoke, acid, acrid, bitter, right? Sweet. You know, that's another mm. realm that balances that mm. heat, how hot things are, and the fat, man. When you say did heat, you, you mean spice, fat, not not did you temperature. Cook that fat out of that protein correctly, mm. you know? Yeah, I mean, I think in terms of flavour profiles, we've always been an advocate for trying to get that depth of flavour. So sweet, salty, um, sweet, sour, you know, umami, mm. 
Oh Those man, I think I honestly feel like a lot of people in this country, man, with the times of either judged or eaten their barbecue, forget that sour element that you mm. only just touched on. Yeah. Like that acid mm-hmm. salt element. Mm. Man, what you know, you look you look at, you know, Einstein and what's equal and reacting, you know, like yeah. fat acid. Those two things can't coexist. Mm. But if you balance them, when it hits, the, it, you know, everyone's flavour. Yeah. Know, like Tom yeah. Young soup, man. Yeah. You know, like. And that's, that's, kind um, of, that's kind of. That's a perfect example of what I'm talking about. And know? that's kind of where I was thinking, where it kind of originated from those um, Asian inspired, they get all those five different flavours. Mm. Yeah. And then, and then a bit of. They don't have three. They've got five right. or six, right? And then, yeah. And just on some proteins, a bit of back end heat. Not nah. upfront heat, but right, really late whip. You can only mm. just just Lingering taste it. kind of thing we might call it right, sometimes. Yeah, right yeah. at the end. So if you can kind of get that depth of flavor, I think that's what separates people, not so from a flavor perspective. So yes, they may be using the same similar sauces or, or rubs, mm. but that's where those those teams can define themselves mm. um, through that depth of flavor. Yeah, it's an interesting point. Yeah, yeah. Tell me. Do you guys watch the UFC? Are you into the UFC? I'm a more a boxing guy, to be okay. perfectly honest. I, I've tried to watch a lot of UFC. I think I like watching the heavyweights, the bang, bang, bam, bam, all that sort of stuff. You like watching the big boys like knock each other yeah, out? Yeah, I just yeah. love watching guys who like to throw. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but when it comes to boxing, you know, I, I, I love boxing, you know. Um... You know, Georgie, he's from around my way. He's fighting in Melbourne again shortly. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm hoping to see him win soon, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's that's my jam. But so where are you, you're asking about UFC. Oh, uh, my, my point was just that in the – it's it, like a similar thing has happened to the UFC. The UFC started 25 years ago and you'd see a guy come – like in, in, right? in a karate yeah. gear, you come out and he's versing a Japanese sumo guy. And to me, that was amazing. And now it's a homogenization of guys who like the throw and, and jiu-jitsu, right? And now they've, yeah. they, they, they've sort of looked at it and gone, okay, well, we'll take that bit out of that martial art and that bit out of that and that bit out of this, and everybody's going to learn all the same set of moves. And, uh, okay, the, from one perspective, you look at it and say, okay, if everybody's got the same basic skill set, then it comes down to who's the best fighter on the day. Yeah. You could say the same thing about barbecue. If everyone's mm-hmm. aiming for that same square of this is competition barbecue then it comes down to who's the best pit master on the day mm. i get that but i really miss the ufc where you'd see yeah. you know i mean judo the, dude versus the, uh, like um, uh, oh uh, uh uh hicks and gracie he'd, he'd come out wearing his little white short shorts and there was one fight i saw he had these like white sparkly boots on and stuff like that and you, he comes out and you're like Dude, you missed Mardi Gras. That was like, that was <laughs> yeah. and he just murders everybody. Mm. And like, it was just, it was so much fun to see all those different styles up against each other. And it was a well, style, well, maybe, style. I think that's sort of like, it's interesting, sort of what you're saying. Like, you know, I think that's kind of how that whole SEA thing, you know, like, you know, where everyone could be fabulous. You know, in a way. I think that's how, how SCA complements low yes. and slow barbecue so yeah. well. Is that people? I'm hanging for the leftovers tomorrow, man. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not doing a CO tomorrow, but 
I'm hanging to see what people are going to throw out tomorrow. <laughs> I, I am going to be like a seagull, bro. Tomorrow, I'm going to be like, Around yeah. like, hang around dusty Q tent. Uh, is yeah. that the one? Is that, is that, hey, conveniently, guess what? Who, mm. Who's directly four. across the hey, way from I'm you? I'm six foot four. That's like at least four and a half steps straight mm-hmm. across. Yeah. The <laughs> I haven't made myself. Mm. We should wrap this up so I can actually go and do some intel earlier. <laughs> <laughs> go. Oh hi, hi. First time with Kangaroo Valley. Oh yeah, you're doing a CA tomorrow. Oh, oh, when are you cooking tomorrow? Oh, look, you know. Oh, okay. Cool. What time's that hand in? <laughs> yeah, I think there's a lot more creativity in, in SEO. Yeah. And, and there's a, and I think the, the gates are wide open to have such a wide range of, mm. uh, you know, different different things that people are putting in the box for 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 one, you know, subject. So Yeah. I'm going to contradict myself here. I'm going to say that I love the, the, the creativity of the SCA, but the loosey-goosiness of some of the rules. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like you but can, I think that's you can, also, you can pre-cook things yeah, or you can buy think, things that have been pre-cooked. And, no, but like there's, like, I mean, getting back to like my Einstein theory, right? It's probably not even Einstein, right? But like there's an equal or opposite reaction. So there's some, there's some, comp, there's some uh, like ABA, KCBS, whoever it is, is very rigid with their rules and maybe it's good to have something as loose as. Mm. Mm. You know, to be the complete opposite. Right? Yeah, 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 I mean, it's it's like, uh, like, it's, it's a, a fine line between creativity sure. and rules because that's and the thing that everywhere. <laughs> yeah, because that's yeah. the thing. People want definition and they want to know where the boundaries are. What's the target? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, when it gets, then you end up with what you were talking about earlier, mm. which is then now okay, we all want the rules, but we then don't want them sometimes when we have that. We're feeling stifled, you know, if someone like you're saying that's stifled a little bit. Mm. Yeah, but so, if, everyone, if everyone knows it's loose, it's like, it's loose. Mm. And then there's the loosest of competitions, the Devon competition coming up tomorrow oh, yeah, night. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've seen Matty Staunton's hand-ins, man. Those rules are pretty loose. Okay, so for those who don't know about Devon hand-in, right, Devon, and, and you haven't. Are you guys going to do something with it? I think John you, might be. You've got to have a crack. I've, I've got into him. I've got to do it. Gotta do it. I'm pretty sure it. Joy is, yeah. Yeah, so it's I for think the kids. It's shaping up it's shaping up it's shaping up to be one of the biggest ever, actually, which is weird. So basically, if anyone's not familiar with what a kangaroo court is, right? Like they usually hand and very Australian expression. Very Australian expression, but basically if you've ever been involved in a football team, at the end of a, like a if you've been on tour, you all come together and you hand out fines, right? So I've kind of taken that concept and turned it into bar, uh, competition barbecue. So people, I, it's all open box. Everyone comes with their thing and goes, and I go, hi, what's your name? You go, my name's James. I'll go, what's your star sign? You'll say, I'm probably a Sagittarius or something or like that. And we will talk about what they do. Some of the that has come out of uh, like Paddy and Drew from Drew BQ yeah. are the Lords of Devon, right? So they will do these SCA type things. I have some of the best gyozas I've ever had. Like I've never been to Japan. Those oh, were killer. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> accused like Devon as a filling for these gyozas. Hand, <laughs> it's just like it's just, it's just like and then fill them with Devon. But it's all open like, box, right? So like that whole thing with like everything's so closed. We're in a tent. We're judging and all the things we were talking about before. We all do it in front of each other. Some are funny, some are mm-hmm, not. Mm-hmm. You know, basically no phallic shapes, if you follow what I'm saying. 
you know, keep it relatively kid-friendly, civil play, you know, and we're good. And um, there's been about some kid-friendly, man. I've seen some things happen in those seven <laughs> yeah, boxes. Yeah, there, there was a couple of things where I went, like, to uh, Benny Matty Ray. Matty Stoughton. Just, <laughs> yeah, he's, like, he's a habitual line stepper, that dude. He's man. not here this year. He's here. Is he? He's here. Okay. He's not competing, but he's here. Okay. He's here. Is he, is he doing kids' cute? No, he's just here to chill. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, nice. Is he doing Devon? Yeah. Because his hand in a... Hilarious. Bitchily, such a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but yeah, it's good fun, man. Like, it's just like, it's good to get everyone together. We have a laugh. We look at, and then like, you really see the creativity with mm. it. Like, it's just, imagine, imagine being able to, like, you know, when everyone's doing their, like, SEA hand ins actually being in the tent and looking at every single box at the same time. It's like completely different to all that. Mm. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I look forward to it. It's almost like an anti-competition. It is. A, it is actually an anti-competition. I think it's getting back to my like punk rock kind of like. And it all just, raises money for the local school. Yeah, yeah no, like, like school. Something we all throw ten bucks in each. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Look it's forward fun. to it. Well, tomorrow's exciting. I look forward to yeah enjoying KV and yeah. It's yeah, it's be gonna be fun tomorrow, man. It's gonna be fun tomorrow. Yeah. Probably a good point for us to wrap it up, eh? Yeah. yeah. Thanks for having us. Thank yeah. you, James. Thank you, uh, Matthew. Oh, sick. Well, there you have it, family. That was Matt Harris and James Wilson sharing their tips and tricks for competition barbecue. If you haven't made it to Kangaroo Valley Craft Beer and Barbecue Festival yet, you really need to get onto it. I've been to many, many barbecue festivals around the country, and this is one of my favorites. In the next episode, we're tackling part two of our After Dark series, chatting with two first-time competitors at Kangaroo Valley and tracking their journey from an interest to a passion to competing on the national circuit for the first time. Now, if you're not there yet, come over and join us at the Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue community on Facebook. And until next time, take care of each other and keep on queuing. <laughs>